Hey, Donnie here. I wanted to tell you about Champions 90. Champions 90 isn't a workout routine or a fitness routine. This is about you transforming your life mentally, giving yourself an upgrade while you build to business freedom. Champions 90 is about you getting quiet with your thoughts, staying focused on building your business and getting you to freedom. Come join the challenge at champions90.com. Hey, what's up, champions? It's been a moment since I didn't jumped on here and did one of my own episodes. But in the Facebook group, Success Champions Facebook group, there has been a lot of conversations and a lot of questions asked in regards to sales and business development. And so I thought it'd be fun to jump back in here, do my own episode, and talk specifically about how you don't have a sales problem. You have a business development problem, and that's what we're going to dive into in this episode. You guys have probably heard my background, my story, and you know, before I've spent shit over 20 years now in, in the sales game, in I think every year is an evolution in the sales process and it is a constant leap forward of learning new things to be great uh, in the sales game. But I'm fascinated with the mindset behind what goes on between the ears of a lot of people, myself included, you know, as we try to grow and scale and do more to grow our businesses. I think, you know, for me specifically, uh, selling online has been a lot more enjoyable, a a lot more fun, um, and is, I don't want to say easier, but in some aspects easier to, to grow my business than the way I did sales in the past, which was all, you know, in-person networking, um, you know, uh, events, conferences, summits, you know, it, this style of, of selling has uh, really helped me evolve and, and get me uh, further along in, in my own personal story and, and building out success champions as a company. You know, so I want to focus in on why people really struggle in sales and define what that struggle is. You know, I I titled this one, you don't have a sales problem, you have a business development problem because it's the truth because most times when people sit across from somebody, they can get into a good conversation and it often leads to business. I'm sure all of you have, have either had the thought process of if I could just sit across from somebody, I can get the deal done, you know, or you've heard somebody say that. And it's that, that entire thought process that I want to center this whole idea on because you don't have a sales problem. Right? A sales conversation is a conversation. Yes, you can tweak some of the ways you you, you converse, but really guys on sales calls, if you'll just ask the right questions, sales gets a lot simpler. You know, 
shut up, ask a lot of questions, make it about them, dive into their world, and then get them what they need. It's really, really that simple. So it's not a sales problem. It's a business development problem. It's a prospecting problem. It's the inability to get to those conversations. Because when you're in a business development role, sales role, CEO of a company, whatever, whenever you're in that role, it's not ability to be the best in sales that makes you a rock star. It's the ability to get in the conversation in the first place. So when I was doing a lot of sales training, I was fascinated in studying salespeople in why some could find so much more success than others. And it really came down to a couple of, of key things that I think just sets apart the greatest salespeople from the okay salespeople. And the first, foremost, without a doubt, greatest asset any salesperson can have is grit. I mean, you got to be tenacious as hell in, in the sales game. And you've got to be willing to continuing to continue to go even when you don't feel like it. It's really that entire ability to stay in the game when others would have thrown in the towel. Because those guys and gals that are tenacious as hell and are, are constantly getting after it, are the ones you see putting up the big numbers. What's really funny to me is it's not, these people are not the most charismatic. They're not the most outgoing. Matter of fact, I think most times they really don't give a shit about people. Um, They're not cold hearted. They're just doing their job. And, and, you know, they're willing to not only get in a game, but, stay in the game longer than others. I mean, so there was a a young guy that I trained for four, maybe five years. Good kid. And he's the, the prime example of what I think makes a great salesperson. And, you know, if you sat down and talked to the kid, he wasn't the greatest conversationalist. Um, As you can tell, you know, he just, wasn't into conversation. Um, he wasn't the, the greatest dressed. He um, wasn't like the most good looking dude on the face of the earth or anything like that. I mean, he was just a good average dude. But he was probably the most tenacious guy I've ever met in my life. This dude would, you know, I remember his first week of training, they said, okay, here's what we're going to do is we're going to teach you the, the shop. And, you know, he was selling, you know, commercial labels and he's like, we're going to, they're going to take you to the shop. You're going to work on the machines. You're really going to get to know everything. So, so you can sell this, but we don't really want you to do any, you know, cold calling or sales or anything, you know, until Friday of that week. Well, Monday, he goes in to start doing all the training and machines and everything. 
and the press guys were like, you know, hey, we're going to take a, a, a break. As soon as they did, man, the dude was at his desk and he picked up the phone and he starts cranking out numbers and he starts calling people. He has no idea what the hell he's doing, but he starts calling people because in his mind, his job is to get to the conversation. And the only way he's going to get to that conversation is by, by, you know, making calls. And so he starts just calling. And I remember his boss walked over and said, dude, what are you doing? And he goes, well, I'm in sales. My job is to get, you know, sales. So I've got to get, you know, meetings. So the only way I'm going to get meetings is making calls. So I'm dialing. And his boss calls me up and he's like, you won't believe this. He's actually cranking on the phone. I'm like, let him go. And at the end of the day, that kid called me up and he goes, man, cold calling sucks. I'm like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not a lot of fun. I said, but, but you know, what'd you learn? He goes, well, everything I thought I knew it was, was wrong. You know, was, he goes, I tried to put scripts together. I tried to put, you know, phrases together. I tried to do all this stuff and none of that shit worked. He said, what worked was me calling up and saying, Hey, do you print labels? I'm like, really? Why'd that work? He goes, really? Because it, it skipped all the bullshit. Because I kept trying to do all the cold calls by telling them, you know, all these things I, I do. And by literally just opening up with a convert, with a question, they were talking to me. And I said, okay, so do more of that. And it was, it was funny is the next day he did the same thing and he went and he started making calls and he started making dials and he kept, you know, moving through that process. And, you know, I can tell you that within six months of that company, having that, and dude, let me, let me further clarify. I went with him on the first couple of his sales calls and oh my God, was he miserable. <laughs> it was bad, dude. Um, he of course stumbled over his words. He had no idea what the hell he was talking about. And as I often did, I went along as a sales guy in training, right? So I'm not the sales trainer at this point. I'm, I'm literally the guy he's supposed to be training. And so, so dude, he'd look at me on sales calls and be like, Hey, Donnie, what do you think about this? And I'm like, man, I don't have no idea. I'm in over my head. I'm just, I'm, uh, I'm learning all this stuff. It's like I'm supposed to be as a, as a kid in training and he could see his eyes would get super big. Cause now he's like, Oh shit, I got to figure this out on my own. But uh, so, you know, what continued to work for him was he kept getting in the game and you know, most of those, um, you know, early on clients that he went after later, or excuse me, you know, prospects at that point that he, that he was going after later became clients only because, you know, he got in the, in there in the first place and he, he started learning that if I told these people I'm a rookie, that I'm probably going to screw some shit up, uh, they embraced him. And, you know, flash forward to where he is now, I, I can tell you that uh, he's got some of the largest accounts in the, in, in the company because he landed them when he was small, they were small and they grew right along with him. And now they become lifelong friends. So I use his story to tell you what it takes to be successful in this game. And it's not the, the ideal thought process that this is going to be fun. It's the thought process of I'm just going to do it. And 
he continued to do this over and over and over again. And I mean, even to this day, the guy does millions of dollars in sales. And if he picks up the phone to a cold call, it still sucks, right? It's, it's, uh, uh, he'll still fumble and screw up his words, you know, but he gets off that call and picks up the phone and does another one, you know? So tenacity is, is by far one of the greatest assets because it requires you fucking up a lot in your reach outs, fucking up a lot in cold calls, fucking up a lot in conversations to figure out what works. And see, most people won't fuck up. You know, it, it goes something like this. They're like, okay, so today I'm going to do, you know, 50 reach outs. I'm going to do maybe some cold calls. Uh, maybe I'll try and, and, and do some networking. As they start the 50 reach outs, what happens to them mentally is they're like, man, I know this is going to suck, but I'm going to do 50. So they get in the first one and they start the chatter. And what the chatter is, is that little gremlin, that voice in the back of your head starts popping its fucking head up. And, and as you start, you know, going through the process, you're like, you, you start stacking sucks <laughs> um, because you're like, okay, that one sucked. Cool. That one sucks. Cool. Oh, that sucks. Cool. Oh, that one. And, and before you know it, you're in this whole mindset of misery and you hate what you do. You allow distractions come in, right? And, and those, those distractions are more fun than the business development activity. So let's say you're doing, you know, reach outs on, on LinkedIn, which is one of my favorite places to do reach outs. And, and you're like, okay, I'm gonna do 50 of those. You go up to the search box, you put in a person's name, you, you find somebody to reach out to, you're like, cool. You look at your profile, you customize the message a little bit. You send that off and you're like, fuck, dude, that took like five minutes to get through. Like, but I got to do 50 of these. So let's do one more. So then you go to the next one and now you're taking forever to find the person to reach out to. And in your head, you're like, God, this just sucks. And, and you're, you're feeding that, that sucks mentality. But then you find the next one, you customize the message, you send it off. And now the third one, you're like, dude, customize this message sucks. So let me just cut and paste. So now you go back to the last message and you cut and paste and kind of make this generic thing. You go back to LinkedIn and you cut, you paste in this generic message and you send that one off. And, and now you're mentally going, well, shit, now I'm not doing the best I'm supposed to be doing. So now I'm like half-assing it. So that sucks. So now you stack another suck on top and, and, you know, you keep moving forward. And by the time you get to maybe 10 of these, you know, Facebook pops up on your computer or Instagram or, you know, an email pops up, whatever. And instead of doing a thing that sucks, you trade it off for, you know, what doesn't suck so bad. And now you're, you're secretly hoping it's a fire you got to put out. You know, you're hoping that something pops up that you can not have to do the thing that sucks, all the reach outs and stuff, but now you can go do this. So let's say it's an email pops up and, and it's a client asking a question. Well, in your head, well, fuck, I got to answer the client because you know, that's what pays the bills. And so you stop all the prospecting behaviors and you go answer the client. And all that was is it wasn't about answering the client. It was about the sucky moment you were currently going through 
and this allowed you to um, trade off the 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 suck for something else. And it's it's fascinating because you know I struggle with this myself as I'm going through the reach outs and, and the process and everything else. So I have to to literally find ways to trick myself to stay in the game. And one of my favorite things to do is to have a distraction that is enjoyable but doesn't take me away from the activity. So um, I have a Epidemic Sound account, which is a music site where you can get a, a whole bunch of license-free music that you can use on all kinds of stuff. I don't know, it's like seven bucks a month or something. But uh, they have a lot of like movie scores and, and um, gaming scores and just a lot of, you know, uh, music that you can, you can listen to. And so I will make sure I find music that has no words to it whatsoever, no vocals. And I will play that in the background. And what I find, and of course I try and turn off all the other distractions like Facebook and you know, email and all that stuff and turn off those notifications. And, but what I find is by having a forced distraction, something that is churning in my head, I don't push the negative thoughts through as fast as I might otherwise, because I've already got this natural distraction, which allows me to stay in the game longer to do the reach outs and the things I need to be doing because that, that forced distraction, and this may not work for everybody. I'm just telling you, this is what works, you know, really well for me because I know I've got to be tenacious. I know I've got to do this every day. So I can't not do it. So I have to find ways to make myself stay in the game. And, and for me, music in the background um, has been phenomenal. I've even gone so far as to find like audiobooks and everything else, you know, because when you're doing like just reach outs and you're typing and you're sending messages and doing all that, um, the uh, things with audio are, are, are okay. As long as they keep you, f you know, in the game, I just found that I'm better with, with no vocals in there for me. And it's a forced grit, forced tenaciousness. It's a forced way for me to stay in the game and do more reach outs over a regular basis. The after grit, the the next one is is just as tough to master as it is about being tenacious, um, and that's and that's to uh, you know turn off the mind, because you know we are constantly talking to ourselves like you know a guy in a baseball game, you know. Um, and, and we're constantly in the state of, of, can I do this better? Am I going to get this hit? Um, and we're constantly feeding our mind with all these different thought processes. And I talked about stacking sucks and that leads a lot into this is we, at no point is our mind idle. It's always looking to consume. And uh, it's, it's consuming and it's protecting us, right? So it's, it's, it's like a radar that's constantly scanning for uh, danger, right? That's where that, that weird, you know, 
sense comes from, you know, like when you can, you know, sense people that are staring at you or, you know, sometimes you, you your ears are ringing or something because people are talking about you, all that kind of craziness that you, you hear about out there, that's your mind trying to protect you. And so it's this constant like do 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 radar that's flipping around that's scanning the environment. And while it's scanning, it is looking for input. So go back to show my age a little bit, uh, Johnny Five, you know, input, input, right? And if you don't know that reference, go Google Johnny Five, it'll make sense. But um, it's constantly looking for input. Well, to keep us safe, um, to keep us out of harm's way, it's looking for things that it perceives as any sort of threat. And a threat can be physical, of course, but oftentimes it's a threat of, of what you think of yourself or um, what you hear somebody else say about you or think they may think about you because that may lead to conflict and that conflict then may lead to bodily harm. So, so think about it this way. Your mind's trying to protect you, right? So, so you get in a conversation with somebody and you start talking about money or, or you start talking about sales and, and selling your product. <clears throat> your mind is looking for that input. And what could happen is the minute you talk about money, your mind replays a, a track from somewhere else in your life. Maybe it was, you know, talking to your parents or, or, or talking to, to uh, a friend. And when you said the word money, they got really pissed. Right. And, and your, your mom and dad said, dude, we don't talk about money. And you got this almost violent reaction from them somewhere in your life. What happens is in that moment in the, in the now, when you talk about money, that that tape replays in your head and in, in the past that violent reaction from from the you know your parent or whatever comes to the forefront and it's like, dude, if you talk about money that leads to a violent reaction from them, that could lead to bodily harm of me. Red flag, red flag, and it's like these bells and whistles go off in your head, even though you don't hear them. They're like, dude, dude, be careful. This is dangerous territory. If you talk about this, it could lead to a reaction. So when your mind's constantly looking for that input, you're constantly battling, you know, uh, all these old tapes from the past that are playing through your head on a consistent basis. And, and it is deflecting from you having an authentic conversation. So, What's interesting to watch is as people are doing their reach outs, what are happening is those sucks are starting to stack because they're reliving other experiences where people rejected them. Maybe you sent out a, a reach out and somebody jumped your ass and said, dude, uh, don't ever do this to me again. This is horrible. I can't believe you would try and sell me your crap or somebody did a reach out to you and it was fucking horrific and they did a bad copy and paste and tried to just clock you over the head with their shit, you know? And so now you've got these tapes playing in your head that goes, if I do this, I'm going to be just like that person. And 
your mind goes, well, that's going to lead to a violent reaction from somebody else that could cause bodily harm eventually. So I'm going to tell you that sucks. And we're going to look for reasons to prove that I'm right because I'm the mind. And it's, it's crazy to know that this is going on at all times. So what you have to do is not only do you have to have grit, but now you've got to turn off the mind and you've got to stay in the game. And the best way I can exp ex explain this is um, I love the scene in a movie called For Love of the Game with Kevin Costner. And he's a pitcher in, in the major leagues, right? He's a baseball pitcher. And in, in the scene, and they play it a couple times throughout the movie, but he's standing on the mound. And huge major league baseball stadium crowd is just jeering at him right They're they're calling you know telling him he sucks and he's horrible he should get off the mound and they're heckling the shit out of him right and it's just noisy and me being me man i, I don't know if i could stand up there and do what he does in the movie but what he does is he says clear the mechanism and as soon as he does that man you see the whole crowd just fade away and all you can see is everything outside of him, the batter, the catcher, and the umpire is a blur. And all he can see is he's laser focused on that catcher's glove. And when he does that, you can't hear the sound. You can't hear the cheers. You can't hear the people yelling at him and, and the heckling. And he throws a ball. We have to do the same thing in, when our, in our business development activities. We have to clear the mechanism. We have to turn off the noise. Because if we allow our mind to look for that input, it's going to start stacking sucks. So I go back to one of the things I do is I do use distraction techniques. You know, I'll play music in the background. Um, or I will, in between calls, you know, I will play a motivational pump me up, you know, uh, speaker or song, anything else, as long as it's timed. Because... I've been guilty of having a YouTube video locked and loaded because I knew it was going to be a, a fire up, crank me up type of thing and do a call, do a reach out and go, okay, let's get the mind right, put the video on. And the next thing you know, I'm fine. I'm, I'm just sucked into the video for the next five, 10 minutes. I'm like shit, get back in the game. So what I do now is I set a stopwatch, right? One reach out freaking, you know, I got a minute to crank through either music or video, something to keep me up and keep me charged and in the game. Uh, another thing that I do is, you know, I got the stand-up desk. So when I'm doing a lot of reach outs and having a lot of conversations, I stand the fuck up because how you change your body language, you know, is, is an absolute art in changing how people are, are responding and how you feel about yourself. Um, so, so, what is just cool to see and have happen is, is literally if you find yourself in a slump, stand up uh, and walk around. If you're doing calls, grab a headset and, and do dials with, with a headset on because changing your physiology is, has been scientifically proven to change your self-perception, your thoughts, your input, and how you project to other people. So um, you literally have to change the game. 
I've, I've created a little chance for myself. Um, you, one of the chances, Donnie, you're a badass. You're a rock star. Get in the game. Let's go round two. And, and for me, it's, it's like talking like a baseball player when he goes up to that, that plate, you know, it's, it's, they're not thinking I'm going to strike out. They're thinking I'm going to knock this thing out of the fucking park. And I'm using that same methodology as I'm doing my stuff to do the business development activities. Um, the third and most unique thing that you have to do to get business development right been wanting to change things up a little bit on how we talk about our sponsors and the people who help make this show great. So this is going to be a little bit different style of commercial. Family Fund has been supporting families of first responders for a number of years. And it all started as a idea of Stacy and Michael McGovern who are the founders of Blue Family Fund. And it's a really unique story, but in lieu, instead of me telling you, hear it in Stacy's words of why they started Blue Family Fund. Because I wanted to give back, I wanted to do more. You know, we'd been so successful in our for-profit business that um, we looked at each other and we said, you know, how can we, how can we pay this forward? My husband and I, how, you know, how can we pay it back, pay it forward? My grandfather, when I was growing up, always used to tell me, you know, in life, you get what you give. And um, I'm a big believer in that. You know, what you put out there, you can sometimes get back threefold. So we really just wanted to do more. We were already helping police officers, you know, with off-duty work. So how could we help the families? You know, as a family of a police officer, I understand that it's just as hard on the family as it is the actual officer. How could we do more for them um, by providing maybe scholarships for their dependents or financial aid for dependents that want to uh, pursue higher education. Stacy is one of the most humble people I know. Uh, their company, Point Blank Safety Services, has employed 200 off-duty police officers for, for several years and success on protecting the freeways, the highways, and everything else has done just Amazing things, not only for the state of Texas, but for the lives of the family officers that need additional income as they protect our lives. So for the fact that her and Michael would set up this fund to help the families in times of need, it's, it's really a, a, a beautiful thing. Blue Family Fund is focused on first responders and their families. And Recently, Stacy and Michael were able to give a small check to a, the family of a fallen police officer. He was a, a husband and a dad, and very touching uh, moment as I watched the video and presentation of the check. And, you know, I, I wanted to hear from Stacy what it meant to her to be able to do that for that family. It's amazing. Um, the feel I can't I can't even describe the feeling. And then, you know, when you know I don't feel like it's that much money. But then when you hand it to them and they they um, break down crying because it's just enough to maybe get them over the next hurdle or obstacle that they've got going on. Um, it's it's really a great feeling just to be able to 
to do that. And the, the family you're talking about, both daughters are actually also firefighters, so they're both first responders as well. Um, so just a total first responder family and um, just to be able to give back to them and, and let them know that there are people that that are gonna remember their dad and their husband and there are people that care. It's, it's a really great feeling. One of the things that I think is magical behind the family fund is because of the success of Point Blank Safety Services, Stacy and Michael have set up Blue Family Fund to where 100% of the donations go back to the families of first responders. How we're different than maybe some other charities, how we pay all the bills for the, the nonprofit ourselves. So every single dollar donated can actually go directly to a family. So literally 100% of all donations are um, handed forward, you know, to, to either a scholarship or to a, a financial aid for a family that has lost a first responder. Blue Family Fund has been my charity of choice for a number of years now, and it's truly an amazing organization. So if you're a fan of the show, and you like the content we put out there, do me a favor, head over to bluefamilyfund.org and send a little financial love their way. Is you've got to be authentic in what you're doing. And I've been testing a lot of shit lately on LinkedIn, especially, but um, on what I say in my reach outs, what I'm saying as I'm, as I'm doing different business development activities. And uh, one thing I've been fascinated by is by being truly authentic in my reach out of why I'm reaching out has upped my response and conversation rate tremendously. So what I had been doing for quite a while in my reach outs is, is I would say something along the lines of, I looked at a few things on your profile, thought this was cool, this was cool, this is cool. Wanted to connect to see if uh, it made sense for us to, you know, get to know each other more, right? There's nothing wrong with that. It's, it's just bland. So one day I was a little half pissed off because my, my, reach outs hadn't gone that well. And I was making sure I was staying in a game. So I just flipped a script and what I said is, hey, we're launching a, a virtual B2B networking group in you know Ontario, Canada. Would that be something you're interested in? And it was a little bit frustration. It was a little bit um, exasperation and a lot of, can we just get past the bullshit and have a real conversation and I was amazed by the number of responses and what flashed in my head was the young kid going saying hey you know hey do you print labels and and what I think is is people just want that more authentic real conversation I mean I do it in person you know and and if you sit across me in a zoom call or face to face whatever you're getting all of me right? Because we're just going to have an in-depth conversation. And a lot of times I'm going to help unfuck whatever's going on in your head or your business or whatever else. So it's, it's an easy way for me to, to, to dive into people 
but I wasn't using that as effectively well as on LinkedIn as I could be. But when I went straight in and said, Hey, you know, this is what we're trying to do. Would that interest you? More people responded because it was a real authentic message and it wasn't a, a sales tactic. Um, I mean, in the heart of hearts, it, it sure it, it is, but I was trying to just get past the, the fluff and the bullshit. And uh, it's, it's just pretty cool that people are responding. So part of your business development activities is, is to authentically put your reach outs out there. Um, authentically put your information and your content out there and authentically, you know, talk to people how you want to be talked to, you know, growing up young in the sales game, I didn't, I wasn't very authentic and I, and I, and I'm, I willingly own that is I was so w worried that if people met the real Donnie, they wouldn't do business with me because the real Donnie cusses too much, drinks too much, wears t-shirts and blue jeans and ball caps. And, you know, that did not fit the corporate lifestyle. So, you know, uh, I really struggled with the concept of, you know, putting me out there. And the more I've grown up, the more of the years I've done my thing, uh, this authentic Donnie has been, been a blessing to bring to the surface because I've connected with just more cool and awesome things and more cool, awesome people. And it's allowed for more real conversations. So, um, I've now brought that into my business development activity, whether it's a cold call, whether it's a reach out, whether it's, it's, you know, a virtual coffee or whatever else, it's being that authentic person and putting that real content out there in the marketplace. And it's, and it's been amazing to watch the results of that. So, um, you know, I, I, I think, because people struggle with this idea of authenticity. Um, and, and so uh, I think it's being authentic in intent, intent, if that's the right word. You know, so the, the reach outs before, just to put it as an, as an example, were, you know, hey, you found some cool things on your profile, let's connect, maybe we can make our worlds collide, you know, that was that which was true. I really wanted to their worlds collide, but really I wanted to get into a business conversation. So when flipping the script to, you know, Hey, we're launching this, would that be something you're interested in? And not, not a salesy thing. So, so we all get those reach outs on LinkedIn that are absolute shit and are very spammy in nature. So what you have to think about is how do yeah, like, like a guy reached out the other day and the guy, you knew it was copy and paste. And, and what he said was, Hey, I looked at your profile. Amazing what you're doing in your industry. I've helped tons of people in your industry um, with, I think, health insurance. I'd love to have a conversation. And my reply was, what's my industry? And of course crickets. Cause I know he hadn't looked at my profile. So it, it's not when you try and hide what you do, we all feel it. So it's about, you know, what that guy should have done is he can still lead with the health insurance is, is, 
you know, reaching out and saying, hey, Donnie, is health insurance a concern for you and your employees? And, you know, which is more apt to get a response from me because now I'm, I'm going to tell them, no, it's not. Um, but, but thanks for, for reaching out. And then his next move is awesome. Tell me a little bit about your story. How'd you get where you're going? Right. And dive into me, right. Dive into my world, authentically want to understand what I'm into. It's, it's changing the game, but people have turned business development into this robotic thing where they're just going to cut and paste and, and do these send outs versus putting real meat on the bone. It's, is what's causing them to stack the sucks and and not continue to move forward. So, you know, I'm going to challenge you on a couple things. One, I think you need to up your, your business development game. I think you need to pick up the phone call some people. Um, I think, and, 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 you know, fuck up until you find your authentic voice. I think you also need to, you know, do the reach outs whether it's LinkedIn, Facebook, you know, whatever else. Um, Christ, I know most of you are part of Facebook groups. You should be connecting with all those people in those Facebook groups and, and get to know them, have virtual coffees, have real conversations with them and, and watch uh, the dynamic change with what you're doing. I mean, another badass business development thing is literally open doors for others. And, and cause look, we all want to be in conversations. We all want to talk about our business. It is so awesome when somebody else goes, Hey Donnie, let me introduce you to so-and-so. I think you guys will have some cool synergy and I think some good shit will happen. Man, you know how awesome that is to have that come through. You've had it done. You respond, hey, you know, dude, thanks for, for making an introduction. So-and-so, it's great to meet you. Um, let's, let's jump on a Zoom call because if, if so-and-so introduces me, you know, I, I want to know that person more because I value their relationship. And it's pretty fucking cool because now you're getting into a Zoom call that, that you may not have got into with a cold outreach. So if you're, you know, one of the greatest business development assets you can have is to network your ass off with people who are already hanging out with the type of people you want and need in your life. Um, you know, I try and find a ton of other CEOs of business to hang out with because CEOs talk to CEOs. So, you know, if, if you are a salesperson and you work for somebody else, get into CEO conversations. Um, and, and get to know their world and, and open doors for them. I mean, I go back to, you know, if you ever, if you read the networking chapter and how to be a success champion, you know, I talk about in the book that if you go help people get where they want to go and get introduced to who they want to introduce, good shit happens to you and your life and business. But most people are so focused on themselves uh, that they, they quit and forget to open doors for others. So, so you have to start investing in the other people. You know, I, I've get, I get messages from certain individuals and it just lights my day up because I know the caliber they are. And if they're introducing me to somebody, 
holy shit, that's going to be an amazing conversation. That doesn't mean there's going to be a sale happen. It means I'm getting to meet another phenomenal badass that's just doing amazing and awesome things in this world. And for me, that's just fucking killer. And, and that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. So, so quit worrying so much about the sales conversation. Quit worrying about closing fucking deals. There's no close, by the way. There's only closure, right? Get to a next step or get to a no, right? Quit, quit fucking worrying about uh, what happens in that conversation. Get genuine, get real, and, and watch what happens. And focus more on your business development activities and quit worrying about closing out deals. I, and the funny thing is most of the time, the people that are struggling with closing are all out selling to the wrong people. They're, 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 they're trying to sell to people that are broke, couldn't say yes if they wanted to, um, or they, they you know, are so ingrained with a current vendor that it's going to be such a long play that you know, they, they are expecting it to close tomorrow when it's going to be years to close from now. And the reason people do that is because that's the only conversations they have going. It's because they're not doing the business development stuff to open up more conversations. But in your, um, you know, freaking repertoire of stuff in your, you know, business development plan, you need to have a set number of reach outs you do every day, a set number of calls you do every day, a set number of virtual coffees you're doing every day, you know, and you need to start looking at these as habits, man, because these are the routines that make people win. They're not great salespeople. They're great at getting to the conversation. And it's the number of conversations that you get into that cause you to win. So, so get tenacious freaking you know turn off the noise and get authentic as fuck and that's how you get to the business development game going i promise guys if you start focusing on more on the business development and quit worrying about sales life is going to get a lot better and easier for you and just some cool shit's going to happen i promise it'll be an absolute game changer for your business and look you know we've got the badass business summit coming up and all, we're going to be talking about all kinds of shit like this there. You need to get your ass over to the Badass Business Summit and, and come hang out. Um, we've also got the Success Champions Networking Groups. You know, these, these are putting all these badasses together and we're just doing some cool and awesome fucking things. So, so get around people that are doing badass things and it'll be amazing for you. And... You know, as always, guys, I'm freaking proud of you. I appreciate you. I love how far you've come in your life. Now let's go bigger, a lot bigger. Let's let's outperform others by doing the shit we're supposed to be doing and doing it again and again and again. Keep rocking, guys, and we'll see you in another episode. Later.
Ooh, boy. Man, that was energy. I love those those conversations that just completely get you to dive in deeper and think about how to reframe something you were thinking about. Man, she is, is awesome, and I enjoyed every minute of that. Guys, come hang out for more conversations in our Facebook group. Head on over to Facebook, up in the search bar, type in Success Champions, click on groups, and you'll find us. We'll be right there. Over a thousand small business owners from around the world who are collectively rising, networking, and growing their business. You will not be disappointed. The highest engagement of any group that I've been around in is absolutely amazing and awesome. So come hang out with a bunch of badass business owners in the Success Champions Facebook group. And share this out with somebody who needs to hear these words uh, and, and people that need to be inspired, touched, and, and learn something new about how to grow their business. Talk soon, guys. Love you. Later. Kevin and I have a lot of fun each week recording these episodes and sharing our best thoughts and ideas with you all. Man, we're just proud to, to have you guys as listeners always tuning in. And we really appreciate the messages. We get the DMs, the emails, and the likes from you guys with questions and ideas for future shows. And that just means the world to us. We really are changing how the world networks. We've poured our heart and soul into Success Champions Networking, and it continues to grow. So if you haven't checked out a chapter and you're looking for a mastermind group of pure, absolute badasses that understand that giving introductions are way more powerful than referrals. Go to successchampionnetworking.com and request a visit. And thanks for being you. Thanks for being a champion of your success, because that's what it means to be a success champion.